0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Get a gift, be? So, I believe God blesses us. I believe God blesses those that hustle, those that use their mind, and those that overall are righteous. I believe that your karma, everything that you do bad comes back to you. So, anything that I'm doing that's bad, I'm not going to suffer for. But in my heart, I think what I'm doing is right. You know what I mean? So, I feel like I'm going to have it. I don't want to. See, I'm smart enough to know it's not my game to play. Just to pawn like everybody else.
2: Intelligently, a pawn can create a checkmate, Mr. Williams. Or become a very powerful player himself. Don't you understand?
3: This is all a game. All of this. Like basketball,
2: football. Mr. the big-time track star, a game. You play it, and you play it to win. Because in the real world, no one wants to hear excuses or empty rhetoric. No. they want to know if you have a plan
0: to know if you have a plan, you want to know if you have a plan, are you ready, for the thousands in attendance, and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh,
2: Indeed, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Good afternoon and welcome on this fine Saturday afternoon. Um welcome back to week eight of the collective. Um I am but your humble host. Uh, my name is Martin stories. Back with another week. Uh correction, this is actually week seven of the collective. Um uh, starting to get ahead of myself already. Um, But yes, I am your humble host, Martin Soares. Welcome to week seven of The Collective, where barbershop talk meets internet radio. As I said, I am your humble host. I am joined right now by one of my co-hosts all the way from New Jersey. Mm. Um, Two of my other co-hosts are making their way up to the studio as we speak um my spirited co-hosts Lawrence and Jason Reels. I'm joined by my other co-host Tommy Hill uh coming to us from from South Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh before we get started, we wanna shout out the sponsors, um, the the people who, who make the collective possible week to week. Um of course we want to shout out Blog Talk Radio for the platform. Um and we wanna shout out the keys 107 uh the network that is opening doors to endless possibilities uh shout out to Rafika Stories and um and that whole crew for uh mentoring us along the way and we are glad to be here indeed um uh, we've got a we've got a good show today on this the last day of March um it's, it's 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 saddening of course um it being the last the last day of march the last not the last day of march madness but the last day of march uh we have certainly seen our fair share of madness um in the last couple weeks uh this week of course in particular with the sweet 16 action um a lot to talk about a lot to a lot to cover um we're going to talk a bit a, a bit about march madness we're going to talk uh, about the double xl freshman cover a little later and uh, in our TV film segment, talk about some the latest news and some and some of the newest movies that are coming out. Uh, T. Hill, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off and and uh, start with telling us exactly what what you, what you saw from uh, from this week's Sweet 16 action and uh, what stood out to you going forward in the tournament?
4: Um, yeah, I saw a lot of things, man. Watching the, um, I was upset. I was on the the Florida Gulf Coast bandwagon for a little bit. But um, they got taken out by Florida, <clears throat> and um, Wichita State continues to be impressive. Um, La Salle was another squad that I was really looking at is um, a Cinderella type of story. You always you always love to see those, and you love to root for those teams. But um, Wichita State, they 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 handled their own. They did what they had to do. Syracuse um, taking out the big giant in Indiana, that was a that was a big win for them. Um, Indiana, I'm sure that that was a, a bracket buster for a lot of people. Who uh, I'm sure had Indiana win the, whole, the entire thing. Um, Marquette, Marquette, um, they took out who did they beat? Miami. Marquette, yeah, Miami. That was <laughs> dang. That was the that was the biggest heartbreaker for me right there, um, Miami, because I was rooting for them. That was. That was my favorite team, even though I didn't have uh, a bracket, like I said last week. But um, Miami, I really liked them with Larkin and and all their, uh, their wing players and their size. But Marquette really showed me that there with Buzz Williams, he's got them, them, them young cats coached, man. Like, he got them playing defense. That's a have seen Marquette play a, a couple times this year, and they got some bigs that really make it nasty in the paint. And their guards really like to defend. So Marquette, that was a that was a pretty impressive win they had on Miami. Um Duke, your boys, uh okay another, <laughs> another another efficient efficient coach K. I gotta give him the credit, man. I hate on Duke so much, but those guys, they're just efficient, man. They just they know how to play on both ends. They don't they don't turn the ball over. They they play very well. So um you gotta you gotta get the props to Duke. Taking out Michigan State, who I know uh, I got a couple of friends who at Michigan State actually winning the whole thing. So that was a bracket buster, of bus right there. Um, Trey Burke with Michigan, um, that dude, man, <laughs> I think he might have just solidified his his candidacy for uh, for his his nomination for a play of the year with that performance against Kansas. Zero points in the first half, um, coming out scoring 26 in the second and overtime. I mean, with Trey Berg, did displays that. I mean, either that was a huge collapse by Kansas, or just an amazing performance by uh, a freshman point guard. And um, Ohio State, who was another team. I think watching this tournament, I think Ohio State is one of those teams that that has, a, has that defensive pedigree that could, that, could uh, make a run and win this whole thing. So. Ohio State and Marquette, they come with that defensive approach. I don't know if they're on the same side, but, um, yeah, these there's a few defensive minded teams that I'm seeing that are, that are um,
2: really making their mark right now. But, um, um, yeah, that's, that, that's a strong point. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna open, uh, by talking about the, the enormous stand that the big East has made, um, in these lat- in, the, in this sweet 16 round, um, I was watching the Marquette Miami game with with Jason and uh he made the comment that Marquette turned it into Thank you. I'm not even in the switchboard right now. Alright. Um sorry about that. I had some technical difficulties. Um, um like I was saying, um with with Russ Smith, obviously, you know, he's been playing really well with the with the Michigan and Kansas matchup. Um like Tommy said, you know, Trey Burke, um, for me, he won national player of the year last night. Um <laughs> and and it's for me it's really hands. I mean when you look about when you look at the four finalists um in terms of in terms of impact in terms of you know and of course they announced it during the final four so the, right now is obviously the perfect time for him to make his make his uh, argument and what an argument he made last night um you know I was watching the game with Lawrence and you know at halftime uh I forget what the the score at halftime um in fact it was 40 to 34 at halftime, and you know it didn't. Kansas was was so much in control. You know they were, were advantage side presence with the kid Perry Ellis and and Withy. and you know they were in control for what thirty seven minutes of that game. And I, you know, at halftime, you know, Lawrence said it to me. You know, Trey Burke zero points, and it was such a glaring stat because. And even you know Tim Hardaway Jr. struggled also. He wasn't playing too well, and you know the the big kid McGarry who. Uh, you know obviously benefits a lot from burke 's to uh, 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 dribble penetration not one of their more noteworthy players but i mean he comes up big with with uh with with twenty four points and ten rebounds. Um, around twenty-five and fourteen. Rather, I'm downplaying it. Um, I mean, he has a spectacular game. The first Michigan player with that many points and that many rebounds in the tournament since Juwan Howard in 1994. Um, in fact, McGarry and Blake Griffin are the only players in the last 15 seasons with consecutive games of 21 plus points and 14 plus rebounds in the tournament. Um, so just to give you a sense of what, what, you know, kind of the implications of his performance. Again, he benefits a lot from Trey Burke's penetration, but for him to come up so big in a game where, you know, Kansas has the inside matchup, where Michigan really has the matchup in their backcourt, and again, Tim Hardaway struggled so much, so, you know, he had to compensate. Trey Burke, you know, basically non-existent in that first half. He comes back and scores all 23 points in the second half, and overtime uh he's the first player to have 20 points and 10 assists in a sweet 16 game since Florida coach B- Billy Donovan did so for Providence in 1987 um uh, also another really interesting stat is that Michigan is 7 and 0 this season when Trey Burke scores or assists on at least 45 points uh last night uh he was responsible for 45 of Michigan's 87 points um, including 33 of 55, uh, 33 of their 53 points after halftime. So you know you get the sense of really how important he is to their team. But man, what if you if you saw the game? Um, and again, I I put so much onus on Kansas and in particular Elijah Johnson, who seemingly just didn't want to go to the Elite Eight this year because I mean. In those last three minutes, you talk about questionable questionable decision making um what 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 stood out to me was and I'm pretty sure these were two straight possessions. He comes and gets the ball and i and you know Michigan started making their run at this point. I don't have the game story in front of me, so i'm I'm kind of trying to go off the top here, but you know he comes and gets the ball and Again, it's winding down. You know, there's only a few minutes left in the game. He's taking his sweet time bringing the ball up the court with Trey Burke on him, uh, you know, just all the way on him, hounding him. He catches the ball. I'm watching the rest count. He already has two or three counts before he even takes a dribble. So I'm, I'm, I'm eventually, by the fourth or fifth, I'm, I'm standing up screaming at the television, <laughs> what are you doing? You advance the ball, get it over. He, You know, he, he gets the eight-second count. And then another possession, he dribbles down and just, and just you know, he dribbles into an area where you just, you just don't dribble into when, you're, when <laughs> it's down the stretch and you're trying to preserve your possession. You know, he dribbles it into a, into a, into a dead area, makes a ill-advised skip pass at the top of the key. It gets stolen by Robinson, a dunk on the other way. You know, again, the events were so sporadic. It, you know, it's hard to kind of recount everything that happened. But, you know, again... I mean, God, I, I felt so bad for Bill Self because he, you know, he's he's going to look back on that game and it, you know, I, guys are talking about he's going to look back and say, well, how do we lo- lose that game? No, he knows how we lost. He know he saw with his own eyes how they lost the game and what happened in those last three minutes. And, you know, again, you give all the credit to to Michigan and Trey Burke, who again should be National Player of the Year just based off that second half last night. Um, you know, but man, what a you talk about a demise with Kansas. Uh, you know, and again, uh, they don't call it madness for nothing. I mean, we're 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 in it now. We're you know we're in it now. And so you know we start to wind down. We've got a couple matchups today with Syracuse and Marquette. Uh, Wichita State will play Ohio State later on. Uh, we start to get a feel for what some future matchups will be like. Um, I want to kick it to Jay, uh, kind of get his reactions on on the Sweet 16 action and uh, and potential future matchups that we should be looking forward to.
3: So um, I agree with everything Martin said about this this Kansas Michigan game, which has been or which was the most the most intriguing game in the tournament so far. I mean, I think it was even more intriguing than you know Florida Gulf Coast run and Wichita State's run. Um, Elijah Johnson, I, I, I really like I really like his game. Okay, I'm a I'm a Kansas supporter because I think. That they recruit well. Well, I know that they recruit well. I love Bill So and they—they're—they they're, may be the most consistent program over the last, you know, five to ten years. Elijah Johnson's a senior point guard, a, a guy, guy who's been, been here before, and and last night was really a shame that he let that he that he mentally got taken out of that game. Um, I saw in the first half. The stupid punch that he did, that that he that happened, where he just punched, tried to punch a guy, and I saw the charge that that someone took on him that got him two fouls early, and I knew he was going to be out of the game
0: mentally after that,
3: and and that proved that 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 happened. Okay, so reacting to to the to besides that game, we are seeing. What I, I feel like I've I, I said this before on a show, and I know I've, I've I've talked to Martin about this. We're seeing teams with the ability to make others play their style of basketball, okay? And, and and that's what wins games at this time of the year in college basketball. The team that can dictate how the game is going to be played is going to win. And you know I is is. Disheartening as a lot of these big teams have been, um, so far for me in the tournament, you know, if you look at the teams that have advanced, Marquette, Louisville, um, and the teams that haven't, you know, i.e. Georgetown, you you see Syracuse more than any of them, you see that these teams are are dictating the pace of the game and they are making other teams adjust, and play their style of basketball, and you can't beat a Big East team at their, at their type of basketball. You're not going to beat a Big East team in a grinded-out game. It's just not going to happen. Miami was a perfect example. That Miami scores 80 points a game. Marquette slows the game down, makes it a half-court game. Larkin, at the end of every single possession, it felt like, was just dribbling the ball at the top of the key, trying to get into the lane and, and just trying to figure things out. No offense was the offense was totally taken out of the game. And that's what big East teams do to, you know, big twelve teams, big ten teams that, that haven't had that that can't play that style of basketball. Okay, so um there's there's really you know, you can look at the bracket and you can say there's a there's there's some surprises, but there's 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 not many surprises. The teams that dictate the pace of the game that play their style of basketball are winning and and, and it's 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 amazing in a way. You know, it's I I I said earlier in the year that I thought Trey Burke was the best point yeah, guard in the country. I think he kinda of proved that last night. Um Marquette Syracuse in the next round is is gonna it, it's gonna be a obviously it's gonna be a big east game. It's gonna be a blinded out game. I, I I it's not gonna get past the sixty. I I I will put my money that it's not gonna be in the sixties. It's certainly not gonna be in the seventies. It's gonna be in the fifties and it's gonna be one of those whoever rebounds or whoever gets a few more stops than the other team is gonna win. I think Ohio State and Louisville have been silently creeping through the tournament and through their region and 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 they are just taking care of it. Ohio State wins two very, very close games, one by three and one both games by three points. Both games that they've won to get to to where they're at are were by three points, so they're dangerous because they don't get rattled coming down the the end of the game. Aaron Kraft hits a three. To be um, Iowa State, his teammate goes crazy, and he's and he's telling him to calm down because he knows that there's still time on the clock and anything can happen. That's the type of leadership that'll get you to the Final Four, and and that's why I'm 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 confident that Ohio State is going to take care of what you're Wichita State. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I did tell you guys last week that Wichita State was going to be Gonzaga, and that was a dangerous game for Gonzaga, and it and it and it proved to be so. So you know these elite eight games, these teams that are in it, I mean there's there's not there's there's not many surprises. I mean Duke is Duke is Duke is Duke. They do what they do. They play their style of basketball. Shashovsky has them ready for every game. To see Shashovsky against Patino is going to be. <laughs> that's a treat for us, realistically, Florida, Michigan is going to be incredible. We're going to see some of the best guard play that we're going to see all year on two different teams. Because if you think about Florida, okay, not a lot of people talk about Florida, but they have three to four guys who take care of the ball and can handle the ball. And that is, you can't even put enough emphasis on that in, 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 in college basketball. They have Rosario, stand up New Jersey. Um, they got Wilburkin. They have guys that literally can handle that are point guard in, in nature, that handle the ball well, that make good decisions. And they can play a half court game with Michigan and beat Michigan. So that's gonna be a very, very interesting matchup. And, you know, Duke Louisville Get ready for the fireworks, guys! I think that game is going to be in the sixties and the seventies. It's it's going to be who can get a few more stops, and I'm taking Louisville because I feel like they could get a few more stops than Duke. So, it but 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 these games is it's really no surprise at this point that the teams that are that that have gotten here are here. It's because they take, dictate the tempo and the pace of the games that they play in, and they make teams play their style of basketball, and they win. And, and and that and it's really not rocket science, it's just who can make the other team play their style of basketball and and if you don't get that, I'm sorry, but you know as, a, as any any knowledgeable you know basketball fan will understand you know what i'm saying about about playing with tempo and playing your style of basketball and it's and it and it, and it will see what team can do that at win a national championship it could be any of these teams it really could be. It could be Michigan. It could be Florida. It could be Duke. It could be Louisville. Like, all these teams, Syracuse, they can, they can zone their way to another chip. If they can score enough points, that's their only problem. Marquette, they're they're gritty. Buzz Williams, it just exudes toughness, and his guys take heed to that. Ohio State, same thing. Tough group of kids, tough coach, great point guard, senior leadership. They don't get rattled. And Wichita State, has been here before. They've been to the tournament the last four years and they've made in every single one. So they have a coach that's been here and they have players that have been here and they play Wichita State basketball. So we have eight teams right now that are all very capable of not only making it to the final four but winning a national championship. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a a, a good two weeks of basketball that we're gonna see here guys and I and I'm uh and I'm and I'm more than excited about it. Um yeah
2: okay. You know, Jay pointed to that that upcoming Duke Louisville matchup, um, which we'll see tomorrow. You know, Shashkevich against Patino. Um, you know, we'll we'll kick it to L then to get his reaction. Um, you know, uh, as as you know, our listeners should know, Lawrence and I are both Duke faithful, and so you know, we're we're relishing in, in another another Elite Eight trip. Um, but you know, L, what did you see um, in our win yesterday? Um, against Michigan State and what do you see being a key for us going up against Louisville and patino All, right. All right, well, our mm-hmm. game I mean,
3: yesterday against Michigan State, I mean, first off, let me just start by saying, go Duke. This is our year. National championship on the way. With that out of the way, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my boy Kurt Keyball. He and I and, and my girlfriend were at the uh, deep game last week, cheering us on. Hopefully, seeing us on the road to a championship. But in um, last week's game, particularly, or last night's game rather, particularly, I saw kind of the same thing I saw against Creighton last Sunday. We won with defensive toughness. We were very, we were very aggressive. I mean, it, it put us in a bit of a pickle, put us in a bit of a bind in terms of foul trouble feel like we have to do a, a way better job with being able to manage our bigs and knowing when to have them on the floor and how to how to better guard big men, especially being, I mean, Michigan last night we played against them. they have guys like Alan Payne, Alan Payne and Knicks who are huge guys that cause matchup problems for us. And they drew a few fouls from Mason and Ryan, got Mason his fourth foul with ten minutes left to go in the second half. Against Creighton last week, he got his fourth style with twelve minutes left to go in the second half. Those are positions we shouldn't be in, and that we can't be in if we're gonna really really make a run at this national championship. But with that being said, our perimeter defenders have played their behinds off in terms of in terms of limiting looks that other teams guards have gotten between Tyler Thornton who it took me a while to come around to Tyler Thornton, but he's seriously one of the best on-ball defenders, I think, in in college basketball in terms of a guard. He's small, but he's, he's a hound, dude. He's going to be in you. Paul, he's going to be in you. He's going to be all over you. He's going to make sure that he's he's not going to let you get comfortable. He's not going to let you get in the rhythm. The same thing with our freshman, Rashid Suleiman. He's a very good on-ball defender. These guys are going to be all over you. They're going to not necessarily get you, allow you to get in the spots you want to get to. You're going to have to work to get there enough. So that's what I saw from Duke, and I think if we continue that, we we could realistically win a national championship. I keep telling everybody, we beat Michigan State earlier this year um, at the beginning of the season. We beat Louisville at the beginning of the season. These are two teams that we saw when the scoreboard said 0-0-0 on the clock. We had more points than they did. That makes a difference. It it may be two different teams. It it may be a different Duke team and a different Louisville team and a different Michigan State team than it was you know, three, four months ago. But at the same time, us having that on our side does help. And it it does make Michigan State – it has to make Michigan State and Louisville think, all right, we have to come out and adjust a bit because we play this team with our personnel and their personnel and they beat us. So, I, I mean, I like our chances against Louisville. I think that they can they can be inconsistent, but, I mean, that's realistically the story of college basketball. Any team can be inconsistent. It, it just depends on what Duke team we have show up, what Louisville team we have show up. We know we got the basketball mind. Uh, Jay's over here taking deep breaths and sighing at everything I'm talking about Duke, but he knows that we have the basketball mind. If there's one guy you want to have at the top of your bench in college basketball, it is Mike Krzyzewski, and that's who we have. So I, I, I like our chances a lot. Other things I liked about the three sixteen, uh as Martin said, he and I watched the Michigan Kansas game last night and I mean it, it reminded me a bit of, of Marquette's first round matchup with Davidson to where literally things were going all the way Kansas's way the last two minutes of the game and just fell apart. And it was more that just like with Davidson, that Kansas lost that game more than Michigan won. Trey Burke, I can't take that away from me. He hit some phenomenal shots. He made me even more of a believer. That kid is a bona fide pro. He's, he is excellent. Like Martin said, he probably just solidified himself as player of the year, and it is well-deserved. I mean, he he Martin said this a few weeks ago to me when we were watching the game. Trey Burke is one of the best playmakers in college basketball. He creates for his teammates. He creates for himself off the dribble. No matter what he's doing, he's always doing something productive, especially offensively and, and I mean, it's it's undeniable that that Trey Burke is is one of the best players in the country. And um, these guys talk about it, so let me just address it real quick. Elijah Johnson, what are you doing? What are you doing? I I looked at some numbers here. Elijah Johnson finished the game yesterday with five turnovers on the game, four of which were after the 2.30 mark, with two minutes and 30 seconds left in the second half. He had four turnovers between then and the end of overtime. What are you doing? You are you are a veteran point guard. You you've been around the block. You know you you, you started off the game on a bad note with that cheap shot. He had a lobo on on um, Michigan's big guy McGarry at the beginning of the game and got him a flagrant one a minute and a half into the game. Uh, I I said this to Martin last night. It probably doesn't have much credibility, but I feel like he was shaving points. Like, he had some money on the game. He was doing something. That he was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. Cause, I mean, they were just illogical turnovers. He was making terrible passes. Martin talked about the 10-second violation he got. I mean, like like I said, I, I look at the game track here, and it's with 2 minutes and 34 seconds left, Elijah Johnson turnover. 2 minutes and 2 seconds left, Elijah Johnson turnover. Um, then he misses the front end of the 1-1. One and one to, the, They were down 3, or Michigan is down three with 13 seconds left. Elijah Johnson gets fouled, goes to the free throw line. He just made two in a one and one situation, so we just saw the ball go in. Not even, not even 10 seconds before, G- gets fouled again, goes to the free throw line, misses the front end of a one and one, leaving the score with Michigan up three or Michigan down three, rather, and Trey Burke comes down and hits a 35-footer. You can't give him that opportunity, and, and Elijah Johnson set that up as perfectly as possible. And we won't, we won't even talk about the the play at the very end of the game where he drives baseline, gets a pretty good look at the back, and kicks it out for a 30-footer from the deer Thorpe. It's just like... What are you thinking? Like, did he really just crumble like that? Did we really just watch him crumble the way he did? Kansas made some bad decisions down the stretch as a team and in general, and and that, and they lost that game more than Michigan won the game. But I mean, Elijah Johnson has he's got to be kicking himself right now. I mean, I don't mean to add insult to injury. I'm I'm sure he's not listening to this right now. But if he was, I, I apologize, Elijah, because I I know you're getting it from every angle. But you deserve it. You you played terrible. I'm, I'm I'm gonna be flat out honest. He played he played awful those last three minutes of the game, and I know it, He's gonna wish he's had those back for the rest of his life. Um,
2: other other, other
3: matchups, I do like Syracuse. That was Michael realistically. That, that was Michael, that was that Michael Carter Williams coming out party. He's had some really good games throughout the season, but I mean, he he was all over the floor, and he did it from every single angle um what was that Thursday night against Indiana I mean he he played a heck of a game that that guy is long and he gets to the rim he makes plays Paul he makes plays and he knows what to do to get things done and and I mean he he is one of the best playmakers also in college basketball I think that you can fairly put him in a category with a Trey Burke the way he he can create something out of nothing. I, I, I really like him. I think that Syracuse takes down Marquette tonight and, and makes their way to the uh to the Final Four. Um, Wichita State man is a very good basketball team. Jay successfully called that Wichita State over Gonzaga game last week and I mean he was dead on. Wichita State realistically, if you watched that game last week, they were a flat out better team than Gonzaga. And and they are a flat out good basketball team. They did the same thing to LaSalle on Thursday night. I mean, LaSalle was a Cinderella, they were coming in, you mean you thought they were gonna kinda ride the high of of making it as far as they did, but Wichita State was flat out better than they are. They have some very good basketball players, some ridiculous athletes I think that they give I think that they give Ohio State a lot of issues. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, I would I wouldn't be surprised in the least, but if we see Wichita State in the final four, um, but yeah, I I mean, other than that, I mean, Michigan Florida is going to be one of the best matchups we've seen in in the tournament thus far, as as was Michigan Kansas. I think that, and that there's a lot of firepower there. Um, Mike Rosario they. It, if um, I heard a commentator say if there was an MVP to be given out over the last two games for Florida, it would definitely be Michael Zaria, and uh, I think that that speaks a lot because I mean he's not necessarily their star go-to guy. They they kind of have a blend of like a bunch of really good players. No no real like phenomenal like pros that's just going to take over the game. But they have a they have a really good team, great chemistry. I mean these guys have been playing together for a while. They have a bunch of experience, with some upperclassmen and. I think Mike Rosario is, is, has been the difference maker between the game against Florida Gulf Coast and the game against Minnesota. He played he played really well. I mean, he didn't have ridiculously high numbers. Like I said, he had about 15 points, but he had five rebounds, two steals to go with that last night. He had about 16 or 17, I believe, against Minnesota. I mean, he's been playing solid. So I would, if we were making picks for the Final Four right now, I'm saying Duke top left bottom left, I'm going to go ahead and say Wichita State is going to get the upset over Ohio State, and I'm going to say Michigan and Syracuse, which is going to be a very interesting
2: matchup. Um, yeah, I mean, very interesting picks all across the board, some really good stuff. Uh, I wanted to touch on a couple things. Um, you know, I I, I I left out someone who deserves partial onus from that Michigan-Kansas game, and it's Mr. Ben McLemore. And, you know... He had zero field goals in the last 16 minutes. He picks up his fourth foul around the eight-minute mark, uh, goes to the bench, comes back. Again, no points, no field goals in the last 16 minutes of the game, uh, including overtime, which was just astounding to me because he came out and he seemed a little more comfortable in the first half. He seemed he seemed he was starting, you know, I mean, he's such a phenomenal two-guard and he's such a pro. And you kind of just see him come out of that show. He hadn't played well in the last couple games. Um he finally started to get some confidence going, and you, you know, you think he's kind of starting to take the game over, and he kind of disappears towards the end of the game. So I, I did, I wanted to, I had to call out Macklemore for that because just when you think he's about to really kind of get over that hump, um, you know, he he kind of vanishes. Um, again, with the Trey Burke, you know, I, I've like Lauren said, I've said for weeks now, Trey Burke is the best creator in college basketball in terms of creating for himself and for others. Uh, the ability to get his own shot off and get shots off for others. Uh, like the stats we said before, he does so much for that team. To me, Aaron Kraft is the best leader in college basketball. I, I think that's I probably the most accurate, to put it. Uh, I said to Lauren, you know, Sean Larkin was kind of like a close second to me under Trey Burke, but Michael Carter-Williams, he said, he's kind of starting to go up that list for me now too because, you know, obviously what he'd be able to do with his size, his length, that 6'6", six, six, um, is is incredible, but you know. Also, he has he has extreme only one assist in the game against. Him, but I mean, you don't have to assist much when you when you when forcing seventeen turnovers and, and forcing thirty five percent shooting. So, but again, he's at his with his size with his really his his at his core he's got point guard tendencies. He's not he's not a take a lot of shots top type, type guys. Extreme offensive ability. Um, so, you know, he's definitely moving up that list for me, too. Um, it's 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 an interesting scenario, um, and I did want to ask this question because it, it goes back to the question you almost always ask in a scenario, like with what happened with Michigan and Kansas last night. And Jason and I have personal experience with this together. Uh, we played in a game some three or four years ago, a double overtime game. We were down three, ended up going into – The second overtime, um, we were down three, someone by the name of Glenn Washington came down and hit a monster three in the corner. But again, that whole down three situation, you know, the the questions always asked: do you foul in that scenario? Um, And I think, uh, you know, it's worth asking, you know, a game like last night, Michigan, Kansas, again, Elijah Johnson misses the front end of the one and one, 13 seconds left, you know. Burke comes down, uh I kind of just want to pose the question, and I'll go to Jay on it first you know is Is that a situation where you foul He, he makes a he takes a thirty five footer i I'm, I'm pretty sure it was withie who did come out and hedge on it. It wasn't much of a hedge as it was, kind of like a pushing kind of pushing him out. He kind of just switched on him, but he did push him away from the basket takes a thirty five foot heave obviously the kind of shot you want. But if you know, uh, Jay, is that a is that a situation where you where you think you would foul in? It's 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 so hard
3: and and for people like Martin and I who who've experienced it firsthand, you always think foul. You know, so it's always like you you should foul right now. And and this and so so here so here's the logic behind it. You don't give them the opportunity to hit that shot. Okay, you eliminate that opportunity and you literally take, you take basically ownership of the situation by fouling and saying, we're going to make it up to us instead of up to them. And I always like that. I I, I always like that part of it. You know, you, coaches talk about, and, in, in, you know, in basketball and I guess in life as well, you always talk about you you control the things that you can control, Okay. In those situations, you can control that. You can say, I'm not going to let this team have the opportunity to shoot a three and hurt it and, and tie this game. If you foul, you know, there, there's a couple things that can happen, okay? They make both, but you have the ball back once again with the lead, okay? So you're in control at that point. If they miss the front end of a, of a one and one or if they only miss one, and you're still in control. It, it, that's that, that's the whole that's the whole thing about it. A lot of coaches say, you know, no, I want to just play it out. We'll just go and play tough defense. Well, God, guess what? Good offense beats good defense every time. So if you want to if you want to look at it like that, then 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 who's in control? And that's the whole point of, of fouling when you're up three. If you're if you're up three, you're in control at that point. All right. So when when you make that decision, whether the foul or not, you're saying, "Am I going to leave it up to the other team, or am I going to trust my players and leave it up to us?" Now, Bill Self I obviously said, "Look, I'm going to go and I'm going and to and I'm going to trust my team that we're going to get this stop," and that is totally fine. But what you're also doing is is enabling the other team to be in control of the outcome of the game, and I personally think that you always foul. If you're up three, play the foul game. If you if, so so if they come down and they make two, you come down and you your team needs to be be tough enough to come down and hit two free throws. Okay? Hit two free throws, get that lead back up to three, they come back, foul them again. But it, but in that situation you always stay in control when you foul. And I think that's the whole purpose of fouling when you're up three. So it's 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 forever gonna be a dilemma in that for coaches and players and like there is no right or wrong decision. It's all on personal preference. It's all what what you feel comfortable with. You know, different games might dictate different things. If your team isn't shooting free throws well, you probably just want to get a stop. If your team does shoot free throws well down the stretch, then then you want to foul and you want to trust that your guys are going to get hit those free throws. So it's a it's 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 kind of like it's like a, the science versus religion debate. It's like something that's going to Forever, forever be you know a constant conflict, and and it's just it, there's there's no right or wrong answer. Like I said, it all comes down to personal preference. Personally, having gone through it before, well, like kind of alluded to is, is foul. It's
2: foul. Uh, you know, what do you uh, think uh, about uh, this scenario? Would you do you think you would foul in that situation?
4: I actually, I didn't even um I didn't catch the end of that game. But um, I just wanted to say something to the point of what everybody was saying. That the point guard position is is the toughest position in college sports, uh, college basketball. I mean, it's just not it's not a position where you could just throw a guy in there, or even if he is a a veteran two guard or a veteran three guard, it's not a position you could just throw somebody in there. Me having experience playing that position at a high school level, I know that trying to go for, for just county championships, but for the NCAA tournament. You're seeing guys like the um Aaron Craft, Trey Burke. Um, I even like what Syracuse did with Michael Car- Carter Williams. They're using they've been using um with Jim Bayham he made a little switch with a uh, down the stretch, Brandon Trish has been handling the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, running sets with them. And I really like that because he 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 knows what to do with the ball and he's like a natural point guard. They kinda of forced him into that two position. But with him and Michael Carter Williams who's like, you were saying um, how unselfish he is, but when he has that, when he starts feeling himself a little bit, he can score the rock, man. Like, yeah. And he starts he starts knocking down threes, and you're like, okay, this kid is looking like T-Mac in his prime. Like, whoa, 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 whoa where is this coming from? He's a – he might be a two guard, you know what I'm saying? But um, that's that's what I'm really seeing, these, these point guards. It's, it's the toughest position to play. And if – the the ones that are standing out are the ones that I feel like have the uh, are going to make a run to the championship, like the Ohio State, Michigan. Um, I even like uh, your boy Quinn from uh,
2: from Duke. That's his name, right? Uh, yeah, Quinn Cook. Yeah, he's starting to really come on. Yeah. He he
4: he's um he kind of reminds me more of a uh, he's like a Avery Bradley type. He's like a hound. He's, yeah, you know what I'm saying. He, he gets he's, he's a game manager. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, that's what I'm I mean, I didn't see the end of the, the end of that uh the Kansas Michigan game, but
2: I just wanna add the add a point to what you guys were saying. What do you think about the about the fouling when you're up three? Is that something you think you would you would trust your team with or do you think you would you would ride it out? Fouling up
4: three, giving a team a chance to make two free throws and you're only up one?
2: Yeah, I mean given the obviously the situation is everything. Personnel, context, situation, all that, but I mean Given, given, I guess you said you didn't catch the end of the game, but I mean, I, I mean, it's 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 just you know it's one of those basketball debates. It's like Jay said, the science of religion. Like every, you know, it it's so much is dependent on the situation and the personnel. But I mean, I for like you personally, you what do you team, think
4: though? I feel like if you mm-hmm. trust your team to get a stop, then you let it ride out. You know, if you if you're if you're shaky, that your team's not going to be able to execute or make free throws yourself. When the other team fouls, then, then I mean, it, it's – it's, it's a, to a coach, if I'm a coach, I'm just – it's how I trust my team. That's the decision I'm going to make in
2: that, in that situation. Yeah, I hear you. I do – in that particular situation, again, uh, I believe, I'm pretty sure Kansas was out of time. In fact, both teams were out of timeout at that point. Um, I'm, I don't think Bill Self had a, a moment to kind of go over that scenario with them um, obviously, you know, no time out after the missed free throw by Elijah Johnson. So he didn't have a chance to really kind of set it up. He could have, he could have called for an intentional foul from the sideline. Obviously he opted not to, and he trusted his guys. And, and, uh, as a result, Trey Burke kind of stabbed him in the back there. Yeah. Um, a, a good point by, uh, Mark, Michael Carter Williams with you though. He's really a, a point guard in a two guards body. Um, and again, he has, he has such point guard tendencies, um, I I did say I kind of I had I've been a little disappointed as to how him and Brandon Trich have 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 blended this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've seen Brandon Trich play put together better seasons than I have this year. I feel like the the focus on someone like Michael Carter Williams, who was obviously special and who was obviously a pro, almost has kind of taken away from his production. Um, I, I, I didn't notice, I, I didn't notice towards the end there with Brandon, with Trich handling the ball towards the end, having Carter Williams play off the ball. Um, that might be, you know, something to look for going forward. Um, touching back on the Duke Louisville matchup for tomorrow, like Jay said, you know, you just, you kind of just wait for the fireworks, man. I mean, this is, this is, this is one of those, you know, top heavy, uh, power team college basketball games. Um, the matchups are, are so intense, you know, for me, I was telling L yesterday, it's up to Quinn cook to have to chase around Russ Smith. And it, it, it you know, it could be Quinn cook. It could be, you know, uh, Rashid Suleiman, you know, between the two of them, they're going to have to, you know, both of them kind of have the length advantage. I think Quinn is, is, I don't think anyone's as quick as Russ Smith, but I think quickness wise, he might be able to, you know, give him a little bit of trouble, um, Again, like you like you know like you said, Tommy, with that point guard, you know, we always say you know the guard play is so important in March Madness every year, and you know, with the teams that are left, we are bound to see some great guard play, particularly that Michigan Florida matchup, like jay said um I, I you love what Florida can do when, like you said, they have three, four guys that can put it on the floor that can shoot it um and, and you know it's we're about to see a lot of very guard oriented play uh coming down here to the to the final weeks of March Madness. Um, okay, well we're gonna kick it to a commercial break for a couple of minutes and uh, wrap up our, our first sports segment. We're gonna talk we're gonna come back and talk some music, gonna talk about the double XL freshman cover and get reactions from guys on the latest news in the industry. Uh, we will be right back with the collective. Do not go anywhere.
1: 631 399 0149. That's 631 399 0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five star rating. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and a gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, sorts, and accessories. Dressed woman, and outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French culled shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath, accessories.
2: Like that, we back, we back. We just finished up our, our first segment talking about Sweet 16, March Madness, The Madness, and all all the goodness that comes with it. Uh, We're going to go into our music segment now, which is loosely based on our music blog, what we hear at blogspot.com, before we get to our our main topic of the day. The uh, the annual double XL uh, freshman cover. I want to get reactions from guys. Um, we've got I, I've got three pieces of news um, from from music this week. I want to get guys' reactions uh, real quick before we get into the main event. Uh, first of all, um, our good friend who we talked about last week, Schoolboy Q uh, from TDE. Uh he is also he's featured on the double XL freshman cover uh list, which we'll talk about in a second. Um in his interview, uh in a recent interview he did following the double XL cover, um, Schoolboy talked about his upcoming album, Oxymoron, which we talked about last week. Um, talked about some other things he's working on. Uh he actually happened to mention that um well I'll I'll just read the quote. Um, talking about himself, ASAP Rocky, Danny Brown, and, uh, no, not Pharrell, sorry, and Ab Soul. Um, apparently, there's a, an upcoming album with the four together, and they're forming a um, a, a little rap super group within them. Uh, it's Schoolboy Q, ASAP Rocky, Ab Soul, and Danny Brown. Um, the quote... Greg uh, from Schoolboy in the interview said, uh, we may do an album together. We're talking about it. And we may call it Druggies with O's. <laughs> uh, he said, we may do it. Uh, me and Rocky may do a project together, too. We're talking about doing it. Um, I'm waiting for this next album, Oxymoron, to come out. What's up? you were a favorite now. So, so Schoolboy Q talking about a possible rap group uh, with these guys, uh, Jay, your reaction on what this could mean uh, for a super group with these four guys? Um, I think,
3: it, I, think it, I personally think it's good for. It. I personally think it's good for everybody. Um, you know, uh, uh, Danny Brown has been getting a uh, a lot more press recently because of ASAP Rocky, and, and you know they. He's been helping him now, and they can all help each other in a way. Um, you know, Absol and Schoolboy are part of the TV conglomerate, so you know they they do things together all the time. And then they they've done features with, with Danny Brown and, and stuff like that. It'll be it'll be a, it definitely be an interesting collaboration of rap styles because you have. Abso, who's who's more of like a conscious rapper, even though he doesn't do more ratchets than um, Fox. He is, he is more of a a deeper thinker, I would say, than the rest of them. Um, Denny Brown is is like I said, don't go listen to his mixtape because of me, because I don't want to be responsible. But he he's ratchets ratchet as they come. Um, and then you know, Schoolboy and ASAP. Are kind of more similar into where they they're, they do get you know pretty deep and and they have like a good balance
0: between the two.
3: So it would be it would be cool to see these styles you know all mesh up. I just hope I just really hope that Absol doesn't get lost in this because the three of them you know the other three you know Danny Brown Schoolboy and ASAP I feel like they can do a song together and it'll make sense and it'll be. You know, they they're not complementing each other, so to speak, because they do kind of like the same things in a way. And then Absol is just a little he's It's different than the three of them. So, um, but it'll be interesting. I, don't, I I mean, I can't I can't really see the four of them getting together and doing a full album.
0: <laughs>
3: um, mainly because you know they're all doing their own thing. Like it's hard enough for two rappers to get to get together and do a whole album for the four of them to get together to do a full album. I just feel like that would be difficult and that would be a lot of work but I would if it does happen I would I would love to see it it would be awesome um, you know it, it, it would be you know for the up and coming stars in hip hop in a way you know getting together and doing something early so it would it would be really cool I would I would enjoy it uh,
2: L reaction um i
3: i mean i I obviously like all four of these rappers i mean they're they're all pretty good and uh, they're all very good actually they're they're guys that are that are um certainly have made the name for themselves in hip hop in the last year and a half or so and 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 are really really i think important to the game so uh i mean it, it's a cool idea I don't know if i don't know if I wanna hear just like. 15 songs with all four of them on it. I mean, I think that there'll be some cool ones in there, but, like, I mean, that's a lot of time to invest in in, and not not someone's, like, solo work where it's, like, really, like, I mean, a good album to me, like, you learn a lot about the artist or artists on the album. I think that if the four of them get together, it's kind of going to be the same themes. It's going to be, like, Party raps, almost the songs that Schoolboy and ASAP run together are party raps. Nine times out of ten, <laughs> Schoolboy and Danny, ASAP and Danny. I mean, they're, they're mainly like party songs. They're like turn up songs. I don't know if we need a whole out al- fifteen out al- a fifteen song album with just a bunch of turn up songs. I mean, it, it would be cool, and, and it would obviously have its place in hip hop, and people would love it. But I mean, I. I I don't think it's going to be, like, groundbreaking. And, and not to say that they're trying to make something groundbreaking. I, I just, that's just my commentary on it, I guess. Um, I do, I, I mean, I do like all four of them. And, like, I, I do like what Jake said, too, because, I mean, Ab can do the, like, turned-up type of music, but that's not his normal thing. I mean, realistically, he doesn't have a normal thing because he really isn't normal. But, uh, like, what he what he tries to do and what he tries to, like, Form with his music and like his narrative is a lot. It, I think is a lot different from what Danny Brown and ASAP and Schoolboy kind of do. I feel like those three particularly are like three of the best party rappers around right now in terms of actually getting something more than like a a southern party rap where it's like two chains just screaming. I mean, love two chains, but at the same time, it's it, 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 it's a little bit more intricate than that in terms of like the rhymes and things like that. But uh, I. I don't know, I do think Ab is the best of the four if we're gonna talk about like actual rapping and and what you can do. I do think that Ab is the best of the four, and I think that that kind of his downside is just like he I don't know if he's gonna be able to dumb it down as much as
2: they do like for across an entire album. Um, definitely all strong points. I feel like the Ab soul point is really strong because again, I, I would have to agree that AB is the best of the four. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's close to not even arguable, but, yeah, it is. It, but it's interesting because I agree. I think somehow he, he might, he could get mixed up, but I, I kind of, I'm going to go on the, on the other side before we go to Tommy. I, I think I think they could do something cool in the sense. I mean, I know you guys said do it could be cool, but I think in the sense where they could really like throw some different combos at you, like do an AB and and mm-hmm. you know an AB and Q track, you know, uh, like three or four yeah. AB and Q tracks, just AB and Q, mm-hmm. and then get you know give you three or you know a couple Ace you know ASAP and Danny, and then throw you know, you know different combinations. I think you know I I think it could be I, I understand definitely where you guys are coming from because in terms of them meshing. And and chemistry-wise, putting themselves... I mean, they they've all proven to make music together, except Ab Ab and ASAP haven't really done anything together. But it's you're right, you're still you're still blending styles, and there would have to be a, a, a good chemistry there. Uh, T Hill, you got a reaction for this? Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like the rap
4: game is flooded right now with like all these this new wave of rappers, and I mean, you put me up on uh, Ab Soul. I definitely agree with what you guys are saying. He's definitely like the deepest thinker out of the the four. I haven't listened to Danny Brown. But um like for me, if I'm gonna listen to some a project from them, like do like five tracks. Like that's all I'm gonna really listen to. Like yeah. I don't I don't need I, I don't need anything crazy from from them but um yeah, like I feel like their 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 styles it's it's it. I would like to hear how they contrast and how they put it together because that's a they're kind they're all unique in their own sense they they bring they bring some of them bring something similar with the um A S A P and uh, what's the other guy um Anybody there? who's
3: who's the four you said is A S um, A P or A S A P Danny um Absol A S A P Danny Absol and Schoolboy Keith. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I just started listening to uh, Schoolboy Q. I remember you
4: guys uh, brought him up a couple of weeks ago.
3: Yeah, he's, he's, part of the,
4: yeah, the, he's part of the – Yeah, he's part of this new freshman class. He's yeah, um yeah. yeah he's got some he's got some he got he has a range of flows. He's like mm-hmm. you know, a combination of a uh, 50 cent and uh,
3: what did Jay say last week? He said he's a combination of 50 cent and uh, two no, other. Rappers, he called him, He called himself a brand new guy. He said uh, 50 and Nas. No, you know. Biggie and Nas put them in a blender, sprinkled some fifty, then came out there. <laughs> <right? laughs> yeah, I can definitely get that from like when I when I listen to
4: them. Yeah, so yeah. I would only I would only want to hear like but five tracks from them a collaboration. But, um, I feel that. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Yeah, like what you were saying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get you to know these rappers on a on a more like personal level because when you listen to rappers and you're trying to get into these new guys, you want to see where they came from, like what yeah. what are they what's their story, like what are they bringing to the table, like where, where's he coming from? So yeah, that's what. Uh, but definitely, just a a project from them, just five five tracks yeah, in the end.
0: Kind
3: of <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what going off of that, just real quick, my my I feel like. I held a, a some a bit of disdain toward the idea because I I mean there was a question that was in the back of my mind that didn't pop up until I was done. But um, if if we're going to if we're going to talk about a Danny <coughs> a Danny ASAP Rocky Absol Schoolboy Q album, why wouldn't we talk about a Black Hippy album? Like why wouldn't that be why wouldn't that be more of a prevalent idea? Seeing that that's the team you're coming out with, like. That 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 because that, that's the group right there. I mean, you got half of Black Hippie within that collaborative effort. Why not do something with Kendrick Abb, Q and J Rock? I mean, why not? There, there's well, a, there's enough songs with the three of them, or like at least three of them. Sometimes four of them. There's enough songs to realistically almost put together an album. But why not? Why not try to put something together within the crew? I feel like I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago, and it would be it would be awesome if we actually got this, but we talked about how um J. Cole and Kendrick are saying that they were supposed to do a collaborative like album together. And it's just like I, I under, that would be crazy. That would be like absolutely disgusting. I, I mean we we saw what happens when J. Cole just J. Cole's production links up with Kendrick and we got one of Kendrick's best songs with high power, but but I mean an, an entire album would be crazy, but why why wouldn't we see a black hippie collective Piece of art. I mean, something to talk about, like how they all met, like their come ups together. I mean, like that, that, that can bring in more of the narrative factor, other than like, yeah, you know, Danny and ASAP met on tour with a bunch of girls and then there was a bunch of drugs and, and they got, and they turned up and that was it. And like, that's what these raps are going to be about. But, I, I just thought about that, and I just wanted to put that out there. But I, I, I would really, 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 genuinely like to see a Black History album. I mean, those are those are four rappers that all four of them. I mean, you can say that Kendrick Lamar is the best rapper. You can almost make a case for him being the best rapper alive right now. <laughs> so so with, with, with that being known, it, I mean, you throw Sol in there, who who could be in that discussion as well? I mean, Schoolboy is very good j rock is very good these are like all above average rappers i mean i would i would like to see something from them before i would like to see something from i mean we got we just got some new asap danny's working on his own thing and danny is as different as they come i mean i feel like i, I love triple x but i can only take too much more of danny brown just screaming at me
2: before i'd be talking <laughs>
3: Loved it. Loved it. when they come, but just like, come on, so stop screaming at me.
2: Yeah, that, I mean, you you got a point though. It it definitely uh it makes makes you wonder why not yeah, why not do a TDE album. I mean, that's, yeah. that's like the the more conventional and more beneficial approach at least for us as the consumers. Uh, so that's definitely a strong point. Um, the next news uh, I want to hear and. I'm going to share very quickly as to what I have a problem with. Um, you guys know Eve is making it great. right? Um, Eve. Eve. Eve has an album coming out in May oh, she um, called Lip Lock. <laughs> it's called Lip Lock. It's her first album in 11 years. Um, she just released the uh, cover art. Uh, I, I'm, I think that this this out as well. So, um, she's saying that she didn't want to take the album too seriously and that she's not trying to relive any moments in her life, and she's in a new place, and it's supposed to be a fun record. So, uh, for you know, Tom, you got something for this? What do you think about Eve coming back? Check the Yeah, yeah. What do you? But what's your reaction? Oh, I can't hear you.
4: Um. Yeah, my my earpiece is is going in and out a little bit. But, yo, I feel I'm happy for Eve, yo. <laughs> to be honest, she's she's. Very, her story is is very real, and where she, she came from something very very real, and if she's putting out music, I feel like all she's gonna put out is, is something that's 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 happening in her life and something she's happy about. So I mean, regardless if it's a, if it's a, a top seller on the charts, I'm happy that she's she's doing what she likes to do because I've always felt like Eve is, is a real cool chick and I, she's always. I don't know, I've always looked, I've always looked at it like that, so I'm happy for it. Jay, you got action?
0: <laughs>
3: no, I'm, I'm sweet, yo. <laughs> hey, if you wanna do something you yo write a book, dude. Like like <laughs> yo, write a book. Do some book signing, you know what I'm saying? Get your fans back through a book. You know, about, about whatever you want It could be about women's struggle It could be about females and hip-hop Write a book You know, don't come out with an album Because nobody's really going to want to hear you rap at 40 About what? A lip lock at 40? Yo, you should be married You should be talking about parenting And mortgages And, and 401Ks Nobody want to hear you talk about going to the club So, like, just write a book or something Like L.O. Cool J Stop putting out albums, dog. Write a book. You know, like, be like, there's other ways to make money with your mind at 40 than putting out an album. Because nobody, nobody really wants to. Anybody that's actually still buying music probably doesn't want to hear you. Like, like who wants to hear that? Who's going to be driving to the club and, like, yo, I did that new EVO and it's time to turn up? Like, you know, who's going to do that? Who's going to do that? She can't she can't appeal to this crowd anymore. And it's sad when people don't realize it. It's like an NBA player or a football player that play way past their time and then like they're slowly realizing that like they can't do it anymore, but they will like go keep keep at it, like I feel you. Keep at it. Keep at whatever you're doing. But like realize when your lane when your lane is shut down. Like your lane is no more. There's no more lane for you. He's like, yo, write a book, do a reality show. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah, is there's of the means besides putting out an album. Like, this is pointless. Like, why? Like, why? I don't get it. I don't get it. Stop yeah. it. I'm <laughs> <You> know.
2: <laughs> I see. I, I couldn't agree with Jason Moore And you know, I'll, I, he said it so well. He said it so well. But I, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm going to come from a different place. I, ultimately, I just, I feel so bad for female rap right now. Because you look at someone like Eve, who, like you said, I mean, at one point, you mean, I mean, those Rough Riders, they, I mean, Eve was the best female rapper out. I mean, there were, around that era, there were probably, the competition was a little thicker. But, I mean, when you talk about competition right now... Uh, Nicki Minaj is the only female rap artist that is even relevant right now, and so for me, it's just a testament to just just a. a, a just a dying breed of female rap, honestly, because you know it's been 11 years, and you know E's just going to come back and and do what? And then she just, apparently she doesn't even want people to take it seriously. It's supposed to just be a fun, you know, album or something. And I'm with Jay, you know, Did, if you, you just just be, you're making an album just because you can, well, that's just, you know that means nothing to us. That right? Even with you, a reality show or something? about she's done TV before? I don't know. I, I I'm I feel bad. For for because Eve is someone that I mean when you stack it up you could I mean we you talk about like historically Eve is someone that could, you could probably put up against Nicki Minaj and like a you know if you're gonna try to divert your attention away from just the only female rap artist there is I mean if you want any kind of competition Eve would probably be someone that you might bring up yeah but. Clearly, she's not even in that kind of mindset where she's she's just looking to make a fun record and and I that I'm not I'm not good with that so <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm definitely with y'all on that. Um, nah, but, I disagree,
0: disagree
2: y'all. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Tommy's making the case for the Eve album, so we'll look yeah, out was for just, that. I was just in a in
4: a, a bar up in um, New Jersey, and the tambourine song came on. and I was I was too stupid, man. That was that, that was a record. record.
0: <laughs> that was a good record. I'm saying,
4: I'm just saying, wait, wait till we hear what she puts out because you can't, I don't I feel like you can't just write her off like that.
2: I guess not because of her because of her history, but I feel like, like I have point. more of a, I feel
3: like I have more of an attitude with it just because. You yeah. said that she said that she is not something she's really taking that seriously. She's just doing it for fun. If you're doing that's it for awesome.
0: fun, yeah, burn
3: it. Lay some tracks in the studio, burn it, and you turn up to it. Don't waste our time with that. Does anybody want to hear that. Right.
0: So that, that's
3: that's But yo, I'm just I'm just chilling, and I just want to make some tracks real quick. Yeah. Maybe Everybody she's eyes. just saying that she no. Just feels no pressure. No, that's
0: disrespectful.
2: Yeah, I definitely too. Yeah, she's. I guess. She saying she doesn't feel any pressure to be high, but I
0: mean,
2: yeah. ultimately, it it's about us. Yeah, <laughs> it
3: is. That, that, I, that that was get. It. Uh, I
2: was I, just
3: I, trying I, to make herself feel better, yeah. She's, she's just, just trying to, because that, that that was that sounds like a, like a defense mechanism. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. Like, yeah, yeah. Around. Like, she's going to like, like, Yeah, was like, I do like. the harder came out with. She's trying to hold herself hope for the impending downfall of what's gonna happen. Like you're always gonna buy this record. Like, like some DJs are gonna give me some spins out of respect on me and I feel like where you're coming from. But like the Cam Marine records came out like, you know, like the the early thousand two, maybe even in, uh, possibly in the nineties, I don't even remember, but that was hot then. But can she duplicate that now? Can her and Gwen Stefani mm-hmm. ancient crazy like, like like they're both old now oh, like they can't come out with a record that I feel like is gonna be in every club, and if she's talking about doing this for fun, it's gonna she can't be talking about anything serious on it. She can't be hitting us with a with a loving blind Eve if she's talking about she's having fun with it, and that's where she's most effective I feel like so like there there's just there's just something about the way she's going about it. That I don't like, and I feel like is making it pointless already. That's that's me, and that's my thing. But I say you.
4: <laughs> so JV could do it, but he can't. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll look out for
2: it, and uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it. It's set to to be to be released on May 14th. So uh, we'll know about that in a couple months. Uh, last piece of news, real quick. Uh, <laughs> Want to go around, and of course, our boy Kanye is is at it again. The the rumors surrounding his album title have since been reconfirmed by Malik Youssef via Twitter that the the supposed album title was going to be "I Am God" or "I Am a God." One of the two, and uh, it has since been reported by Malik Youssef that it's going to be a song, uh, a single on the album. Um, I you know you know we all know how much we love Kanye i know how much you guys i love me some kanye and i and i i constantly have to defend him and he just makes it so hard when you know again i and i was talking to Tommy about it yesterday i when i hear the record i might and apparently from Yusef's tweet um there there's a scripture in psalms uh, psalms 8 uh something is something like You know, the Lord was made in your image, so you were made like gods. You know, so I guess it's supposed to be some kind of biblical reference connection there. But again, until I hear it or or know it to be true, I will reserve judgment. But, you know, I will say that if that was the album title, um, uh, I don't know if I would... Be able to publicly defend this man anymore, as my as my favorite music artist because he, you know, he just pushes the boundaries. He just, you know, he just goes where, you know, some he he even he can't go there. You know, like my <laughs> goodness, he already he already pushes the boundaries enough. You know, and he's he's great for what he is, but Lord, you know, he's like your he's like your delinquent child that is a genius but just won't stop getting into trouble. You know, like. It just it just bothers me, but you know, like I said, I'll wait till I hear the record. I'm obviously intrigued. Um, Tommy, what's was what's your reaction to uh, to our boy Yeezy's announcement? Well, not announcement. I, mean, but I,
4: I like I try to. I don't even know how to respond to the question without getting into religion, and I mean my faith is strong, so. That that whole, that topic right there, that just really, really throws me off. So it's heat, and especially with the, the Illuminati accusations and all these things, and you, you just don't want to get tied all into that. And I, that's why, I mean, I'm sitting back here listening to R&B this week. I didn't even listen to much rap this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's, that, back. that's the kind of effect
2: it had on you then.
4: Yeah, man. Like <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I might just chalk rap in general. <laughs> I mean Stuff like this Is about to start Coming out But nah But I really uh, I'm i gonna I'm gonna listen to it And I'm gonna I'm gonna see how he How he puts it together How 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 it sounds You know How it, how it relates to the title And then you know I'm uh, I'll reserve my judgment But just from the name I'm glad it's not the album name Because That's yes. That's crazy You know Me too. But um uh, A single I'm gonna give it a listen And you know
2: Reserve my judgment. Yeah, I, I listen. I don't know if I, if I, <laughs> I might have to really chalk him if it was the Admiral title. Like, I'd have to sit down and really consider it. And you know, uh, L, your reaction to to our homie Yeezy. Uh, yeah,
3: I mean, I, I do feel what you're saying. Where it's just like he's just a kid that's always getting into stuff. And I mean, you know, he's a genius, so you kind of just have to like just take it pretty much. Um, I mean, the, the the title doesn't surprise me at all. He's been, he's been toying with it, with an idea like this for a while. And I think he's just, I think he's in a spot right now with, with, in his development where he's like, he may really think he is a God. And, and I mean, if we're talking about rap, I think he is a God of rap. I think he's that good. I mean, he isn't God, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that 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 can't be how. I mean, at least that isn't how I take it. I don't take it as Kanye is saying he is God. But I mean, I don't know, man. I just that, if it's good, I don't care what it's called. He can put out an album and call it uh, Donkey Kong, and as long as it's an, <laughs> actually, an actually good album and it's good music on it, I'll be jamming to it. Because I mean, he's one of he's one of the greatest musicians of our time. I mean, as, as much as people may not agree with that or, or want to be able to say that he is, he, he, he's phenomenal. So, as long as the music's good, I don't care what he calls it.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty much my same mindset too, uh, Jay. What's your, what's your, what are you thinking?
0: Um,
2: I honestly
3: have no reaction because my strategy with Kanye West is I ignore everything that he says and does until the album comes out. So and that and I've learned I've I've conditioned myself to do that over the years that I just I don't I don't pay attention to any outside Kanye West activity um, unless he <laughs> is rapping on a song that is the most I actually listen to Kanye West and I am a huge fan I am a, I am a I am a Kanye West supporter. If it doesn't have to do with fashion or music, I don't. Listen to him. I just don't pay attention to him. I and literally, he's the, if if I was a parent, my parenting style would be disengaged with, with 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 Kanye West because I would I, I don't listen to him unless it's music related and it's and it's him on a song and not just him talking. I, yo, I, everybody, you know, got really excited about the Lance and stuff. I heard you know from other people what he said, but I didn't watch that crap. I don't want to hear him talk about stupid stuff anymore. I'm I'm done, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm I'm done with him and the stupid stuff. If you want to rap, I will listen to you. If you want to produce, I listen to every song that you produce. Any projects that you are behind, because I I have that much confidence in his musical ability, I I'm all ears. But outside stuff, I, I really I don't have time for that. <laughs>
2: well
3: well well said
2: well said that's probably that's probably some good advice for all of us as Kanye fans to <laughs> pretty much ignore exactly. all, the, all the external stuff yeah. uh, cuz we know what comes with it um so uh all right so uh you know real quick we're going to dive right into the to the main topic uh the the, the 2013 XL freshman class was announced earlier this week um this is the i believe the 7th Issue uh sixth or seventh issue. Um in fact I know the first one was in oh six, going into oh seven, uh if I'm not mistaken. Uh so this year's list um featuring some some names that we've already been talking about today, uh Schoolboy Q, um Absol, you've got Joey Badass in there who we've talked about before. We've got you've got Action Bronson in there, um Kirko Bangs, Track Travis Scott, another person we've talked about on the show, Dizzy Wright who I I'm, I'm personally a fan of I, I kind of reminds me of childish childish Gambino kind of in the way that he's that he's coming up I think he's uh, I think he's got a high ceiling um uh, logic and a female Angel Hayes um as we've just talking about uh, female rap so uh <sighs> stacking this stacking this list up um there's already been talked already um uh, bloggers and writers and people just reacting um I'm going to I'm going to kick it to you guys is this Lawrence I'll go to you first is this the best XXL freshman class that we've seen thus far Absolutely not <laughs> Absolutely not I mean
3: this is a this is a very good or uh, a XXL freshman class I do like this class a lot I mean it, it's always it's always going to be the argument when these lists come out is, oh, that person isn't really a pressure, and they've been out for this. Like, everybody knows that. But, um, I mean, this, this list is about, like, when they're actually gaining notoriety, and, and they're pretty good at picking that out. I mean, you got Joey. Joey and Abba are probably the two, like, top, top standouts, I would say, in this class. Then you got the school boys, Action, Travis. Dizzy Wright is very good. I mean, you got your novelties in every single year, so you're you're always gonna have your guy that's just hot for the moment. So they just throw him on the list, and you see Trinidad James's nut ass just right there, just chilling. And then you got Kurt Cobain, like come on. But I mean, then it didn't. And then Jay's boy Chief Keef is on here. I'm not gonna start on him because I don't want Jay to pull a gun on me. But we, we know how I feel about Chief Keith and that nonsense he was saying. saying. Um, I, I, but I, but yeah, I don't think it's the best list ever. I mean, we've had we've had some really, really, really good lists. I mean, 2010 list we had Wiz on it, we had Nipsey Hussle on it, Jay Cole on it. I mean, those. I mean, Freddie Gibbs was on it, Big Sean was on it, Jay Sean, and we just. I mean, we just talked. I mean, Jay Rock rather. We just talked about TDE and, and what they've done. So that was a really good list. I mean, the 2011 list I believe is the list that had. Um, I'm, I'm struggling to find it right now, but I'm pretty sure Kendrick was on that list. So that list almost went by default. <laughs> Realistically, I mean, you got Kendrick on there. You got Mac Miller. I mean, it, yeah, that's fine. But between Kendrick, Crit, and Meek Mill on that list, that's a that's a heavy, heavy, heavy list. I mean, you got Little B who has his cult following. You got Sahlah the Prince who. Good when he wants to be. I mean, Yellow Wolf is, is starting to is starting to turn up a little, but I'm liking the newest stuff I've heard from Yellow Wolf. And uh, I mean, like I said, you got your novelties in there with your little twists. YG. I mean, Mac Miller's good, like I said, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I would almost go on the limb to say it's between 11 and, and, and the 10 and 11 list and not so much this uh, 13 list. I mean, it is interesting to see how it pans out. I mean, we looked at some older lists uh, a few days ago. I feel like we were we were all at my house. We were looking at some older lists, and we saw, like, on one of the first lists ever, it was, like, Rich Boy. and or that, that was 06, was it, Martin? the, the oh eight and then it was like rich boy and a lot of other names that have just applies i feel like was on it a lot of names that have just come and gone lupe uh, lupe is uh, and lupe was lupe is the jewel of that list but uh i mean i do think that double uh, xl and the staff there have gotten better at at um Targeting true, true talent, talent. like the like guys that they really, really should be on the list. list. I mean, I feel like I feel like there are a few guys that could have been left off this list, but I mean, that just speaks to the, the to hip hop as a whole right now that where it's like there's so much music coming out. Like, said, everybody's mother has a new song out every single day, so it's it's kind of hard to keep up with everybody. But I mean, I, I like the list personally. I, I do think it was very good for guys like Ab Soul and Q and. And I mean, Joey is is kind of been getting almost mainstream coverage since his mixtape dropped this summer. But it, 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 like, it's good to see those guys out there. I do not know much about the kid Logic. I, I do know he's from Maryland, and I mean, that's that's the the, the white kid on the cover. I mean, I, I haven't heard anything from him to be able to make any comments on him or the or the girl Angel Hayes. Travis Scott is I. I I was really attracted to Travis Scott and, and, and his style of music. I mean, after I first heard him on, on Kanye's Cool... Uh, on the Good Music Cool Summer tape, but I I don't know what to think about him. I mean, he's he's a guy that... He, he's he been promising this, like, mixtape for, like, over a month now, and it still hasn't come out. The oh. Owl Pharaoh. Oh. Owl Pharaoh. And, and, um... I'm, I mean, it, it's supposed to be good. The songs that I heard out of it so far aren't really good but I mean we'll we'll see what happens with him. He is a beast of a producer though. Apparently there there's a rumor going around that he worked on the Mercy Beat along with uh Kanye and some other guys and I mean that alone just says a lot about about what he what he does. He's a he's a good music man, so look out for him. Action Bronson just needs to start saying something. I feel like I'm just tired like I I loved Action when he first came out and he does deserve to be on this list, but at this point I don't wanna hear about his meals or furs anymore. Like I wanna I wanna actually hear some substance from Action Bronson.
2: And Dizzy Wright's nice, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, Action Bronson talks a lot about food.
0: Um, yeah. he was he was
2: he was a chef before he was a rapper, so I guess <laughs> I guess it adds up, Um, Jay. Jay, how do you how do you stack up stack up this uh, this freshman list with past lists? I actually
3: actually think the opposite. I actually think this list has the most potential. Um, I'm looking at you know, and I and I was definitely one of the people I, I, I saw it pretty early last week. And as soon as I saw it, I, you know, I started making comparisons to to <clears throat> and you know, it's it like 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 Lawrence said, I agree, Absol and, and, and Joey are are the two headliners, so to speak, of the of the class. And you know, this whole class will go as they go, in a sense. Um, so those are the two guys. That really need to you know continue to develop and emerge and and be set the tone for the rest of the degree, not that they're gonna be doing it together, but I'm just talking about when we talk three years from now about which class is you know better than others there' those two a lot of it with this class we gonna be down to those two um. But, you know, Trinidad James is, is, is probably going to be, like, a plot, I would say. You know, he's going to be hot and relevant for a second, and then he's going to fall off. So, like, you know, I'm not really counting him. Um, Schoolboy, you know, depending on how his first album goes, he could he could continue to get there. But, I mean, he's just not a rapper that you're going to want to put in, like, you know, a, a, a miracle list as far as, like, is he better than Kendrick or is he better than in JV or something like that, like he's just not gonna, we're just not gonna talk about him like that because that's not what he's gonna put out. Um, Travis Scott has has potential. I mean, anybody with good music and and who's working directly with Kanye West has has must have some type of talent and, and immense potential for the future. So he could be the guy that actually might even jump a Joey and a an Absole and then you might have three people from this class actually, you know, be the headliners of it. So I like that this class has that a little bit. And, and the same thing with Dizzy in a way. You know, they, there's other guys in here that could emerge over the next couple of years and really be, you know, somebody that you're going to have to argue with, like top ten in in hip-hop. We, there might be a few people in here. Um, I don't know much about the K-Logic. um, um the girl Angel Hayes, I I mean I'm not <clears throat> I'm not familiar with her at all. Um action and and Kirk O'Bangs, I'm not putting them in the same category at all. But Kirk O'Bangs is more of like a Trinidad James Ply, you know, type of rapper. He's gonna make party music and, and might and might have he might he probably will fall off. He never he might not ever have a drink of my cup type record again. Um but maybe he will. We'll see. And then, I think Trinidad James are two one too kind of like sketchy in a way of how their futures are going to plan out, and then Action Bronson, he's just a good rapper, and he'll be consistent still, and you know he'll have his fans, and he'll do his thing. Um, but that's, that's that's as far as I see him going. So um, I like the classic and and I hope, and I hope that they continue to to you know emerge in the game more and more. And I left my son Chief Keith to talk about that because this he, he, like, he he's like he's he's the dark horse of all this because you don't know what category to put him into and he could be like very, very successful. Not soldier boy successful, like more than like 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 more more than that. You know, we he, he might be who knows, Chief Keith might be with Khalifa big one day. And he might have that 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 teenage age group um, who sell out concerts. If you go to a rap show, there uh, for certain people there'll be more teenagers there than than adults. And he might have that type of impact on rap music, where he's selling out South by like Southwest and he's selling out like these these huge huge shows by himself in a way because you know teenage kids will really like him. So. Um, it's interesting. It's a very interesting class. I think that works out did a good job, though. Um,
2: mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what happens. So. Yeah, I think I'm... Um, uh, I think I'm with Jay. Honestly, I, I was going to put it in the way that you did. I think this class might have the highest ceiling. Um, and again, like you talked about, it's all about your headliners, right? Um, and, you know, to have to have Joey and Ab Soul. um. I, like you said, you talk about the ceilings for those two guys are, I mean, they're through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, if you met, you know, you, if you step really stack these classes up, looking at them, um, and you, I mean, you stack up the headliners automatically. So, you know, last year's headliners are, not you know, you got your front, you got French Montana and, you know, Danny Brown was in last year's future, was in last year's class. It, in terms of, in terms of, of, of class, I mean those headliners don't match up. Um, 2012 or 2010, rather. I think, and I think else said the same thing. I think 2010, in terms of headliners, really matches up the best with Wiz and J Cole and Big Sean and Nipsey Hussle in there. Um, that
0: that
2: that that was a serious class. I'm looking at 2011, you know, with Big Crit and Meek and Kendrick. That. Yeah, that again. That's I mean, that's a heavy three. That is a heavy three. I mean, with Kendrick in there, obviously, you know, uh, with Meek in there, obviously. Um. Yeah, twenty eleven is is strong also. Uh, I, I mean, looking at it at surface level, I mean, you, based on right right now, uh, I think twenty eleven might have the best class. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, I. Stacking this year's class up again, I, I do. I did want to defend this one a little bit, uh, you know, kind of backpacking off Jay, um, because I do, you know, with that, with Lawrence, I need. To, I, I'm going to need some more from from Action Bronson besides just food wraps. But you know, you've got Schoolboy Q in there, who you know we've talked about, who you know, and he ho- he carries his weight in this class. You know, Dizzy Wright is really on the come up. You know, you've got. Travis Scott in there. Who, like Lauren said, I, I've been disappointed. The the two songs that have that he's released from this upcoming EP have have disappointed me. But you know, he's Travis Scott is there. You know, Trinidad James. He we we've we've yet to really see what he's gonna be. You know, you talk about. I mean, even in, in Chief Keith's case, I, I agree with with Jay. I mean, there's really no telling with someone like him. But even a Trinidad James. I mean, if he. He could he could come back and make big. I I, I can see the Plys comparison for sure, and and Ply's somehow you know stays relevant. I mean he stays on the radio, and and I think Trinidad could have that kind of impact too. But he, you know there's something to be said for that too. Obviously he's on the bottom half, you know kind of he's obviously not a headliner here, but I, I I do think this class carries some weight. You know if you stack it up top to bottom. Um, again, I'm not familiar with with Angel Hayes. I've listened to Logic, and I I didn't remember hearing anything particularly outstanding. But you know, obviously, he'd it, be worth another listen. But, um, again, obviously Joey and Ab on there. You know, it's obviously it's good to see them on there. You know, uh, it it you know it, it like we were talking about it the other day. I think it makes you kind of feel good about rap right now. Like it's heading in a in a pretty good direction. Um. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, so I think we're we're good on that. We're going to wrap up the segment, um, go to our last commercial for a couple minutes, and we'll come back and talk a little bit about guys' reactions to uh, the newest news and movies with uh, the Ninja Turtles, uh, Wolverine, and also the Boy Meets World comeback. Uh, we'll talk about, we'll see what guys think about that. Uh, this is The Collective. You know what it is. Don't go anywhere. We'll come right back in a couple minutes.
1: 107 and the FOI board of directors is proud to present the final call the final call is the country's unique leading source for news founded by the honorable louis farrakhan national representative of the most honorable elijah muhammad in the nation of islam the final call follows in the tradition of muhammad speaks with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues it is the official communications organ of the nation of islam You can find one of the beautifully bow-tied representatives in your community or read FinalCall.com. Rafika Consultants and Services LLC is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites, For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet, now found in paperback, sporting a five-star.
2: All right, we're back for our final segment of The Collective. Uh, this is week seven. I'm um, your host, Martin Soares, joined by my, my spirited co-hosts, Lawrence and Jason Reels and Tommy Hill. Uh, we've talked about March Madness. We've talked about Kanye. We've talked about Eve. <laughs> we've talked about the XXL freshman cover. Uh, we're going to wrap up our, our show with our final segment which is loosely based on the blog televisioncinema.blogspot.com. Um, first piece of news, uh, we're going to talk about the new Ninja Turtles reboot that's apparently happening. Um, Michael Bay, who, of course, was responsible for the Transformers series, is, uh, is, is producing the project. Um, the director is the guy who did um, Battle of Los Angeles. I can't can't remember his name right now. Um casting has already begun. In fact, uh Megan Fox has signed on to play uh April O'Neil, of course, the the you know, the the close friend of of the turtles. Um and the ninja turtles themselves have been casted as well. Um um actually interestingly enough, uh our boy Mickey from Shameless is playing one of the turtles. Um <laughs> well, that was was pretty funny. Um and three other guys who um are the one guy Alan Richson, was in the Hunger Games. He's a little more well known. Um uh Jeremy Howard and Pete Plozek. Um so those are the guys that have been casted for the Turtles. Um like I said, Michael Bay um heading the production. Um has been getting a lot of slack apparently um from the from the Ninja Turtles faithful. Um you know those 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 people, those fanatics who really take that stuff seriously in terms of, you know, storylines and, and, you know, characters and stuff like that. Um, Obviously people want that really kind of raw martial arts approach that comes with the whole, you know, Bunga style. Um, So, you know, it'll be interesting to see in terms of the depiction, um, someone like Michael Bay um you know his his work is, is manifest in something like transformers i mean he's he's extremely you know postmodern and technological and apparently the plot the script is you know it, it has them they're they're basically aliens they're from some other planet which kind of shakes up the original storyline um i don't know I, I you know that movie from uh somewhere in the late 90s that that you know i can't I don't recall. I don't have it in front of me, but we all remember the movie I'm talking about. That you know, it was just so raw, and and it really I feel like it, it played to the strength of of the characters and the story and the kind of the you know they live in like this sewer with you know and and. Uh, it, I don't know. It it felt so authentic. And I think something modern with this story could be, I mean, very interesting. Um, I'm also looking at, you know, you look at the kind of the other movies that are – and essentially this is kind of a superhero movie. There's a different twist on it. But, I mean, you look at what's going on with, like, the Iron Mans and the Avengers and stuff. I mean, it's very – it's, you know – it's definitely a different flow, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the approach. Um, uh, Tommy, what's, what's your reaction to this? I know you've, I know you've got faith. I mean, uh, I, was, I was a fan of
4: Ninja Turtles when I was younger, little kid playing the video games and, you know, um, Calabanga dude and all that. But, uh,
0: <laughs>
4: I mean, I'm just looking – I mean, if I'm going to go watch the movie at 25 years old approaching – um, I'm just hoping it's not going to be overly corny, you know, with like corny punchlines. I'm hoping it's, it, I'm hoping it's something different. I'm almost actually, I'm actually almost hoping that it's a, a rated R movie, which
2: rated R movie which it hmm. won't be.
4: <laughs> it really I, won't I, be
2: I, I doubt it. I think Nickelodeon is is the owner of, of, <laughs> of the property, so
0: that, that's, that's <laughs> but I, I think, think a, it will be. But yeah. I assume
2: you mean. that's actually part of the reason why I started to get slack, because, you know, obviously the original story, you know, the guys are are funny. The turtles are like, you know, they're kind of clumsy and and funny in that way. So it's got to be kind of that almost child friendly. But, if you know, you want it to be action, too, because, you know, martial arts and it's a modern feel. Um, I know Jay, I know Jay's got a particular stance on this. He was texting me. Jay was mad we didn't get to talk about this last week.
0: Yeah,
3: so I, I mean, I'm like Tommy. Yeah, I'm a I'm a lifelong turtle pizza game. You know what I'm saying? Like like the the Ninja Turtles were a huge part of my childhood, especially early. So you know, people coming out with a movie for for people that grew actually like literally grew up like a di- like like crazy about Ninja Turtles. You're playing with my childhood in a way, and I don't know if I like that. It, but but uh, it it it's just there's some encouraging sign. All right, you know, I like I love I love these plays. So it's it's I, I feel confident with with the people behind it that they can make it at least at the very least, it could be entertaining and you know, you know, it could be good. I, I just ask that it's good. Like I just ask that they don't just totally ruin ruin this for me <laughs> as, a, as a as a lifelong turtle. I'm a turtle, yo. I just say like like you look at old pictures of me and my brother. We have on turtle sweaters. Like that like that was what we have been about for forever. So it, it's it's. It's just it's it's just something that you know it's, it's for, for for people that really enjoyed the Ninja Turtle movie as, as and are you you can't mess with you can't don't mess it up not that you can't don't don't mess it up for me and the other turtles out there because this this is serious business for us in a way even at even at twenty five so what um, I, I like. I mean, you know, it'd always be nice to see Megan Fox in a movie, and and, <laughs> and you know, you you can't really go wrong there. Um, and the people that they have playing the turtles, you know, Noel Fisher, who who's Nikki from from uh, from Shameless, anybody from Shameless that does anything else, I'm kind of in support of because I'm I'm just so into that show. So I love those two, you know, aspects of it. So I'm 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 gonna I'm optimistic about it.
4: To see it
3: with some, you know, like some new animation and some new, you know, you know, more modern technology, it could be really cool. They could be doing some stuff that we that we never would see. So it, it that that part of keeps me optimistic. But if they mess up the turtles, I'm gonna be tight and I'm gonna come on here and I'm gonna tell I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna curse because I'm a Christian. But I'm I'm gonna tell y'all I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell y'all exactly how I feel about it. But if it's bad, it's gonna. I'm gonna have a bad reaction, and I'm gonna be very critical. So I just, I, I I'm encouraged. But hey, don't mess it up. Don't mess this up for me. Don't, don't do it. Uh,
2: strong, strong reaction from Jay, as expected. Uh, the, again, that's uh, uh, important point. The movie is set for uh, June of 2014. So next summer we should be getting it. Uh, I'll go to the other other turtle. Al, What's your, what's your thoughts on this movie?
3: Yeah, yeah you know. know what I'm saying the turtles was everything the turtles was everything, so i pizza all day pizza on top of pizza that's why i'm I'm still a living turtle to this day. you know what I'm saying anybody gonna take that from me but um <laughs> but um, but um yeah i mean the mo- i hope the movie's cool. i i did i do agree with what Jake said um so with, with like the new technology and stuff that so they got movies. I mean, you can almost guarantee that it's going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3D. So you have to wear the glasses the whole movie, which which I have an issue with, but that's for another story. Um, but I mean, I what what exactly are people critical of it about? Like, why why are people saying that it may not be
2: that good? No, they're they're basically. Uh really more so in, in sticking with kind of the original storyline and also in terms of um I mean kind of like what we've been talking about with with making it make kind of keeping that authentic image that it had from the beginning in depicting the characters um and not straying too far away from it. Um so yeah, I mean basically the stuff that, you know, you and Jay and Tommy all just alluded to. Um okay. They're really they're you know they're getting they really are getting flack from it because you know the original story writers and stuff they're you know that's yeah, like they right yeah yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: okay well I mean I I do hope that they did, that they do a good job of of telling the story the way we knew it I mean there's always going to be a bit of variation you saw that with
0: Batman
3: with the, with the Christopher <laughs> and Dark Knight series and that still ended up good so. I mean, hopefully they can put something cool together. And I mean, I just, I just think, think it'll be cool to see the Ninja Turtles back in action, whether it's going to be a, a different set
0: of turtles or a different, different story. But ba- I think it I think it'll, I, I think, it'll, I, I think
3: it'll, it'll be cool just to see the Ninja turtles, Master Splinter, just like everybody back, back at
2: it.
0: And get back to It definitely
2: helps. Help. <laughs> yeah, kind of <laughs> have to include that. Um Yeah, yeah, you got to shout out Megan. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Um also the Wolverine uh the new Wolverine movie uh just released the full trailer um yesterday. Uh there was a sneak peek trailer that was released earlier this week but the full trailer has since been released. Um I know I'll kick it right to Tommy cuz I know, you know, Wolverine kind of has a special place <laughs> in his heart when it comes to when it comes to superheroes. Uh, I know Wolverine's up there for Tommy, but uh, but of course this is a sequel to the origin story that they did with the Wolverine movie from a few years back. Um, yeah. Obviously, looking to connect the storyline here. So, Tommy, what are you looking for from this new Wolverine movie? Yo,
4: when you said when you said the name Wolverine, I just immediately flexed like that's like <laughs> <laughs> that's like the realest dude in the game, man. I mean, I'm 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 expecting big things. I mean, he might be. I'm a big Iron Man fan, but Wolverine is a is a real cat man. Like he, it, it, it's like it's comedy, but he's he's just a beast. You know what I'm saying? Like he just he he has no no holds barred for nobody. He's destroying everybody. He's coming through your chest, the the claws, everything. Wolverine is a, is, is my guy, man. I'm looking forward to it.
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know
4: I know that's your guy, man. I almost got it. almost got the claws tatted on my right arm. <laughs> a few years back, but I made a I made a conscious decision not to. But uh Rip yeah, Wolverine really resonates with me. <laughs> uh
2: for sure, definitely. uh, uh Jay, uh, your reaction to the new Wolverine movie.
3: Um I I, I think it's going to be good. Uh, the the one thing I don't I'm I how, i do not know if they said or not how much Sabretooth is going to be involved because I I think I think I don't think he's going to be in it at all and I, I can't remember the guy's name but I like the guy that played Sabretooth. I think he did a really good job um, it, it's obvious that you have to have Hugh Jackman back for a new one he's he, he I think he's like the best actor out there to play Wolverine for some reason. He just looked like like if, if the cartoon came in real life, it would be Hugh Jackman, like he would be Wolverine. So I love he it. So I I like that. And, and I'm probably looking more forward to it now, knowing that Tommy Flex he would be he <laughs> Wolverine. I'll definitely going to shit. Cause that's, that's the best thing I've heard about Wolverine so far. Like that, that right there. So um, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I see that it's going to be in 3D. And I it just hurts my eyes and it just bothers me to have those glasses on for that long but I think it still could be cool and you know, like I said before with Ninja Turtles, modern technology are, are, are making these movies, you know, worth going to because you're you're just sitting there and you're just like, Wow, this looks incredible
2: and um
3: I think it that'll that'll follow suit with this with this new Wolverine movie and you know, it the key with all these movies and, and them coming back is because you know there was such a big fan base for for the cartoons and stuff of like the Ninja Turtles and X Men and stuff, where that fan base has to be the fan, the people that you're directing the movie at to get them back into it. So you can't stray too far from the from from the original concepts and there has to be some 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 culture behind it that you're keeping. So I hope that they just do a good job with that, as in any you know you know remake or sequel or something like that. So. I think
2: it'll be very good. Uh, no doubt. L, your reaction to Wolverine? Did you see the first one? I did see the first one, and I, I really did enjoy it. I mean, it, it's Hugh Jackman
3: again, like you said, right? Yeah. Which, which I, I mean, I don't think they can go wrong with that. I think I think that.
2: I mean, I, I've grown to
3: know Hugh Jackman almost as Wolverine. Like I'll see him in another movie. Like, oh, look, Wolverine's in this. But <laughs> But like I just always expect them to pull out some claws and and, and just start going ham, like like Tommy said, flexing.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, but so I I think it'll be cool. I mean, I, like I I like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine as I said five times just now. So I don't
2: I don't, I don't see I don't see I don't yeah, how they can necessarily cool. go
3: wrong. Definitely
2: definitely definitely very fitting with Hugh Jackman. Uh, they. I really think I'm looking for connection with all these. You know, they're doing the X-Men. They're they're redoing the the uh, the storyline with that, with the origin thing. They're doing the origin thing with Wolverine. So they're backtracking, kind of doing the Star Wars thing. Could be playing with fire, but these are professionals we're talking about. So uh, so it should work. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. We've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners, our callers. I want to thank my host. This is Martin Sori, signing off with Lawrence Reels, Jason Reels, and Tommy Hill. This is The Collective yeah. Week 7. You already know what it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And we're about yeah. to throw a beat
4: on.
3: Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Shout, Shout out, out to, to Dave McClare. Uh. Just right the just a total